kids. We all kind of have Aunt Sally who is just like, call me as soon as the baby's born. I'll be there immediately. I'll even just watch you give birth and then I'll be at your house for three weeks to take care of you. And although she means well, Aunt Sally might not be the person that you want to take care of you postpartum. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. I hope you enjoy today's episode, Encouraging Your Support System with Kirsten Freeman. Let's jump into it. So I am so excited to have you here and get talking about ways that we can encourage our support system and really just focus on ways that we can help ourselves in postpartum and ways that we can ensure that we get the support that we need and that we deserve. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Kirsten Freeman. I am a birth doula, a postpartum doula, a childbirth educator, and now a student midwife, which is very exciting. Um, I live in upstate South Carolina, and I've got three kiddos myself. Um, And postpartum is something that I am very passionate about. I tell my birth clients all the time that we can prepare all day for birth, but we also need to prepare for postpartum because birth is typically like one day, sometimes more if you have a long birth, but postpartum is forever after that. So it's really a good idea to have a solid postpartum plan in place before you find yourself in the postpartum phase. So I've gathered up five of my most important tips for postpartum to make it as easy as possible on the person who gave birth because we shouldn't have them still running around trying to do all the things after they just had a baby. So are you ready to just jump into this? Yes, tell us. All right. So the first thing that I think is really good to do is to immediately Start changing your language when you're talking about your postpartum phase. So really what I mean by that is um, positive mindset does a lot for people. Um, So if you are automatically thinking about your postpartum phase and you're thinking, oh my gosh, who is going to, who's going to take care of me? There's no way I'm going to be able to stay in bed for two weeks. Nothing will get done. My house will just spontaneously combust if I'm not up doing all the things that I normally do. And for some people, this is a very real thought process because they are used to doing all of the household tasks. Um, So really what I encourage people to do is start changing your language because you are going to notice a shift and also your partner or your family or your support system is going to notice a shift as well. And it's going to encourage them to want to support you because you're already making it known what you're expecting of them without saying, I need you to do X, Y, Z after the baby comes. You're saying things like, I'm really looking forward to just being able to rest and relax after the baby is here. And I'm so glad that you guys are here to support me. And that's going to make them think like, 
oh, I'm supposed to be doing things for her, like after postpartum, after she has a baby. Um, because sometimes that's not people's first thought. They're just like, oh, I want to hold the baby. I want to touch the baby. I want to see the baby. And they're not really as focused on the actual person that just had the baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. It's a huge shift for you as well. You know, it's a huge shift, especially if it's your first baby. Um, so yes, let's change our language and start saying things like, I can't wait to rest and recover, or I'm so glad that I have a support system like you guys who are going to make sure that I'm able to heal after birth. And I'm so glad that I'm not going to have to immediately bounce back like some people do. And I'm so grateful for you guys for, for taking care of me postpartum. Thank you so much. If you thank them in advance, they're going to be more likely to do the things to earn the thanks that you've already given them. So yes, change your language. Start having a positivity mindset, an abundance mindset of, I have so many people who are willing to take care of me postpartum. And just start saying that. And lo and behold, you will find that people start creeping up out of the woodwork to bring you meals and, you know, offer to do household tasks for you. So, yeah, I think that is so important to really start addressing it beforehand and and really dropping those hints almost in a way and saying what you want. Yep. Yeah. Because everybody has a different vision of what their postpartum is going to be like. And if you're, if your vision of your postpartum stresses you out, then you need a new vision <laughs> because that is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be postpartum because you're already going to be sleep deprived. You're going to be sore. You're going to be recovering. You need to have a solid backbone of support that is going to be able to hold you up when you are feeling weak. So yes, having the positivity mindset is going to definitely help with that. Yeah. I think just saying those things to yourself too is so beneficial. Just saying, I'm going to have such an amazing support system. I'm going to have all of the things that I need. I'm going to rest. You know, just taking that time and getting yourself in that mindset is so important too. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, I work a lot with very type A um, personalities and it's very difficult. And I tell them all the time, like, I'm going to have to lock you down to the bed because I know that when I show up, you know, they're going to be walking around and cooking and doing things. And it's going to be very difficult, you know, to be like, no, <laughs> like lay down and rest and let your body heal because. The more you're up and about immediately after birth, you're you're really extending your healing time because your body really needs that rest and recovery for your uterus to shrink back down and for your breast milk supply to come in if you're choosing to breastfeed and that bonding period that you have between you and baby really happens best when you're just laying in bed together and, and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't always include getting up and running to Walmart the day after you deliver. <laughs> so Right. Like just taking those moments to rest and recover and really focus on you because if you don't heal your body, you're not going to be able to help your baby. Yes. Yep. Because exhaustion is the, is the key to making everything a lot harder. So, and you're already going to be that because you had a baby. So that's like kind of a given, but at least giving your body a chance to, um, 
bounce back from that on its own time frame is very, very helpful. Um, so the next thing that I think is really, really beneficial to you and your support system is to read. Um, there are loads of books out there that cover the postpartum period. And I think that, you know, again, as a birth doula, we, we prepare and we read so many books while we're pregnant about the birth and the pregnancy and like, how is everything going to go? And we make a birth plan and we, you know, we hire a doula so that we have birth support. And then we don't even think for a second about, okay, what's going to happen when I'm sent home with this baby? <laughs> like, okay, bye. Have fun taking care of this child. Um, and yeah, now what, right? Yeah. And now what? So there are loads of books out there, which I'm going to give you a really great list that you can add for people that want some really good book recommendations, because there are quite a few that come to the top of my mind that really give a good picture of what postpartum can be um, and how to how to really maximize that time. Because a lot of times, especially if you're if you're a working parent and you get some time off after the baby is born, you can really utilize that time to the best of your ability instead of feeling like, you know, you you could have used it better. So while you're still pregnant, you can go ahead and plan out what you're going to do with that time so that it is absolutely you're just squeezing every last drop out of it so that by the time you do go back to work, you feel prepared for that. Um, so so reading is is definitely on the list for sure. Yeah, I think that's so helpful. I think I found myself a lot of the time you know, focusing on when I was pregnant and, you know, all those things to do while you're pregnant. And then, mm -hmm. like you said, that postpartum period is so overlooked. And I yeah. think it's so important to really find material and start doing that while you're, you know, maybe on maternity leave and, and getting all those things in place. And before baby even comes, start focusing on those things and learning what's going to be happening to your body and, and ways that you can get that support system working for you. Yeah, because there's a lot of, you know, there's like a million and one books on pregnancy and birth. And if you if you look in those books, a lot of times the postpartum section is, you know, obviously at the very, very end of the book. Um, but a lot of times people read these books by weeks. So like it'll have a whole section for the first week, the second week, whatever, um, of pregnancy. And then by the time you get to the end of the book, you've only gotten to like, you know, your 40 weeks, maybe 41 or 42 weeks, but then you've had your baby. And you don't even pick that book up again because, okay, like I've read the book, it's fine. And the postpartum section is always at the end and it's always very small in comparison to the rest of the book. So it's like, it gets very overlooked. So even if you feel like, oh, my pregnancy book has a postpartum section, it's not going to give you enough information more than likely that you need to really plan your postpartum. It's just going to talk about what's normal and what's not and you know that kind of stuff but it's not going to give you like the really deep down nitty-gritty like this is how you go in your day-to-day -day, um life when your baby is here and this is this is really important so books that are just specifically only on postpartum that don't even include any pregnancy information those are the books that you want to add to your reading library because they're going to be more beneficial to you as far as postpartum goes just because that's the main focus of the book 
Yeah. And definitely, I think a lot of the times as a mom, we think, okay, baby's here now. I need to read all the books on baby and what to do with baby. And we forget that we're still going through this journey too. And that we need to figure out what are the books that we need to read to help us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's very important. Okay, so I really like to tell people to prepare for postpartum while you're still pregnant. I've probably already said it like three times, but it is worth repeating. Um, So I like to have people make it easy for yourself postpartum. So this one really goes out to the people who maybe don't have a huge support system and they know that likely they are going to have to take care of themselves a lot during postpartum. And this happens for so many different reasons. And, you know, it can, it can be that you are maybe a single parent. It could be that your spouse is deployed or works out of town. It could be that you're single by choice and you're, you know, maybe adopting a baby or whatever the case may be, but you might be in a position where you're like, you know what, I am probably going to be taking care of myself. So how do I do that? Um, And the answer is it's the same all the way around. Um, You're going to want to do the same things that everybody else is doing as far as um, actionable items. Like let's talk about meal prepping. Food is like the most important thing that you can do correctly for your body postpartum. And it is also the most time consuming thing that you're going to have to do because you're going to be laying in bed using your brain power on, uh, okay, what's in my pantry? What's in my fridge? What, what can I cook with all of those things together? Um, is it even going to taste good? How long is it going to take me to make this? Especially if I'm having to either, can I do this with one hand while I'm holding the baby? Or is the baby going to be crying while I'm cooking? Cause that's no fun. Um, you know, all of these thoughts are going into just one meal and, you know, you have to eat several times a day. And so you're going to be going through this thought process. This is putting a mental burden on you to think about food. So if your food items are already in your freezer, you are going to be able to just say like, oh, I want this. And you pull it out and you warm it up and then you eat it and done. And that's all you have to do. Um, So meal prepping is got to be my number one, um, even though it's, you know, even though it's a little bit down the list, it's got to be my number one thing that you can do that is going to impact you postpartum. So meal prepping is great. There's tons of postpartum meal prep ideas all over the internet. There's books, check out Pinterest. There's like a whole world of postpartum meal prep out there that gives you like all the recipes, all the grocery lists, makes it very, very simple. Um, But it's something that is going to really, really help. Yeah, this is definitely something that I've gotten more into and I think is totally beneficial. And just making sure that you have things that are able to be, you know, fully cooked like right away and warm foods that are really just going to, you know, heal your body. Your body is going through so much and it's working so hard just to heal itself. And having that food there to nourish you and give you the things that you need is so helpful. Yes, absolutely. 
Um, so the other part of making it easy on yourself is stocking up on other things. So I tell people all the time, like if you have a Costco or a Sam's membership, use it before you go into labor, you know, go stock up on the things that are shelf stable for sure. Like paper products and snacks and drinks and stuff like that, that, you know, you're going to want postpartum, just go on ahead and get it so that nobody has to make a, you know, a 9 PM run for toilet paper. Like make sure you're stocked up on those things, especially in this day and age, you never know. <laughs> when we're going to be out of that again. <laughs> so definitely make sure that you are stocked up, like act like you're not leaving your house for two weeks, because guess what? You're not supposed to. <laughs> so act like you're not leaving your house for two weeks and make sure you have everything you need at home so that you are not having to run in and out of the store. And that so your support team is not having to run in and out of the store. Um, yeah. Do you have any suggestions on specific items to maybe stock up on? Yeah, definitely. Like paper towels, if you use them, toilet paper, um, soaps, like toiletries and stuff like that, um, toothpaste, uh, you know, just pantry items, making sure that you've got like the basic pantry items that you would typically find, you know, like flour, sugar, whatever, um, making sure that you have those things that you're going to be using ever so often. And then, um, you know, like laundry detergent, this is something that, you know, there's going to be a lot of dirty laundry as soon as you have a baby, because there's going to be lots of leaks coming from two different people. (laughs) There's a lot of laundry after a baby comes for such a small human being, they really do dirty up a lot of things. So laundry detergent is even a big, um, a big help in soap because people are going to be washing their hands more frequently to make sure that they're not kind of giving the baby any sort of germs and stuff. Um, just stuff like that. And then making sure that you've got enough snacks that you enjoy, that you have something to snack on in between meals, because it's important to keep your calorie intake up to a point where, you know, your body is able to utilize the calories for energy um, and for nutrition, for healing your body and stuff. So just, just the basic stuff, but stuff that you're not going to have to just run to Walgreens for at, you know, nine o'clock at night. So, yeah, I remember thinking some things that, uh, you know, were just like really random. Oh my gosh, wait, like I want that, like little things that you maybe couldn't eat while you were pregnant or couldn't have things like that. Stocking up on those things And knowing like there's a little secret surprise maybe (laughs) that you get to enjoy in those moments that you're just like, oh my God, everything's going on. And like you said, like things are leaking out of who knows where. So having your favorite things again and just having that special item, (laughs) I think is so good. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a fun, a fun thing about prepping for postpartum, you can decide on like a really great first meal afterwards. So with my third, I was like, I want to, so I I continued eating sushi throughout my pregnancy, just because it's been proven that, you know, it's really not as dangerous as people say it is. So really, when you're getting it from a reputable place, you can absolutely still have sushi. But I was like, I want a whole roll of sushi like I want a whole giant thing of sushi and so I had sushi and just all of my favorite things ready for me as like we made a delivery thing or whatever order and I had sushi right afterwards and I was so happy with myself (laughs) yes yes I remember so I had a c-section and they had told me I couldn't have anything with bubbles in it. And I was very set on doing the whole champagne toast right afterwards. And 
So then they were like, well, you can't have anything with bubbles. And I was so bummed. But we ended up saving that bottle of champagne for Rosie's birthday. So that was really exciting and something to look forward to. You know, maybe I couldn't have it right then, but it was something, you know, on reserve with a a time frame of what to look forward to. 100%, yes. Um, so the other part of making it easy is, you know, a, we talked about meal prepping, we talked about stocking up on things, but the last part of that, and maybe, maybe even more important is to get it organized. Um, so if you are typically the one who does a lot of the household things, you probably know where all the things are more than anybody else. I think everybody always comes to mom and says, where's this, where's that? Even though it's not yours and you have no idea, but you know where it is because, you put it somewhere probably. Um, so getting things organized. So one one thing that I always like to do with my postpartum clients is to get a couple baskets. Um, these could be like little, like almost like cleaning caddies that you would get even from just like the dollar store, or they could be baskets that you might already have in your house. And we're going to turn those into postpartum care baskets. And there's going to be one in your bathroom. That one is just for you. It's going to have things like a peri bottle and pads and depends even are better and tux pads and sprays and whatever else you feel like you need um, to take care of your body while you're in the bathroom. Um, So that's going to put everything in a really easy place. You're not going to have to pull it out every time. Um, And you'll be able to see very easily like, oh, I need to go get another pack of Depends or whatever. Um, So that's one thing to keep to keep that stuff organized. And the other baskets, usually I like to have one in the bedroom because you're supposed to be spending so much time in the bedroom. Hint, hint. Um, and then one in the living room for days that you feel like you need to make your way out into the rest of the house. And those two baskets are going to have a lot of things that are mostly for baby. Um, so you're going to have in that basket things like diapers, wipes, um, suction if you need that little nose sucky thing, um, nipple cream if you're breastfeeding, burp rags, and just all kinds of things that you that you need frequently for the baby and you, that you don't need to have to get up for every single time. So um, having that stuff handy is going to be really great because especially the one in the bedroom, you know, keep it on your nightstand. That way you don't have to get up, you know, a couple hours after you have the baby to go change the diaper on the changing table. Changing tables are great for later, but in the beginning, I guarantee most people are going to be changing their baby on their bed um, or on the floor or on the couch or wherever they find space to do that. Yeah, we changed so many diapers just right on the bedroom floor. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want to have to walk all the way to the nursery or whatever to get to the changing table. So I just changed so many diapers just even in my bed because I was like, Listen, I gave birth really close to here, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, So, yeah, being organized and and organizing your supplies. So organizing your meal prep. If you're meal prepping things that you feel like you want to have, like certain things that need to stay in the freezer for less amount of time, you know, put those things on top. Like organize them by the date when you need to use them by. If you're having people that are going to come stay with you, having the things that you need organized in a place where it's very easy for them to find. Like if you have a closet that you can clean out and just only put in uh, postpartum supplies, birth supplies, baby supplies, then they know whatever you're looking for is going to be in that closet. So people are not knocking on your door and coming in every five seconds. Where do you keep this? And where do you want this to go? And what, you know, that kind of thing, because even then that might be waking you up from a nap or whatever. And sometimes people don't want to just randomly guess where your things go. They want to know where you want it. So 
have everything in a space where it's going to be easy to access um, for whoever is coming to, to take care of you or so that you know where it is if you need it. Yeah, that's definitely something that would be very helpful. But I wish I spent a little bit more time organizing certain things because I was definitely kind of aware of where it all was myself. But, you know, relaying that information to your support system and and just making sure that everybody knows where things are so that you don't have to be doing all that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because again, it's just a mental burden on you that you are the only one who knows where everything is. So really, it's hard to relax when you know that people are still depending on you to tell them things, even when you're supposed to just be resting. So even just something as simple as this is where everything is beforehand so that they know where the stuff is and they don't have to bother you about it later. Um, so the next thing is having conversations with your support team about your goals for postpartum and how they fit into those goals. So let's have a real hard discussion right now about friends and family members who don't quite meet the criteria of who you want to be in your home postpartum. Now, this is very difficult because we all kind of have Aunt Sally, who is just like, call me as soon as the baby's born. I'll be there immediately. I'll even just watch you give birth and then I'll be at your house for three weeks to take care of you. And although she means well, Aunt Sally might not be the person that you want to take care of you postpartum. Either Aunt Sally is a very judgy person and she's going to judge like your house or she's going to judge the way that you're doing all of your parenting. And you know, there's just some people who have an endless amount of advice about things that you're doing wrong. Uh, And that's not really the kind of energy you want in your household after you have a baby. So I, I encourage everybody make a list of people who have either offered to help you postpartum or people who you want to help you postpartum. And then maybe write out a little text or a little email or something to these people. And so people who have offered to come help you postpartum, but you're like, I really don't think I want this person here when I'm still healing, then like, let's, let's let them know in a nice way that thank you so much for offering to help take care of me postpartum. Uh, you know, due to the fact that we really want to have a very intimate postpartum, or we want to just spend time with just us for a little while, I would love it if you could come you know, two weeks after the baby is born, because I'm really going to need help at that point. And so that's going to make them feel very needed. I'm really going to need you to come help me in about two weeks because we're going to have such and such here or, or my spouse is going to be off work for two weeks. So at that point, that's when I'm going to need the most help. So I would love it. And I would be so grateful if you would come as soon as they go back to work that way, I feel like I'm still supported. Yes, I totally agree with that. I think, you know, just the same way that we, you know, make a birth plan and say who we want there in in the delivery room or at home, like who we want during that period, you know, we have to make those same decisions in postpartum and really think about what you need and who you want to be around you because it is a very sensitive time that you get the decision to say who gets to be there and who doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as far as sensitive time goes I mean especially if you are breastfeeding 
you got to think about whoever's going to be in your house is probably going to see your boobs at some point. Um, you know, you're going to probably be in an adult diaper or something like that. You're going to be likely, you know, almost naked most of the time just because you're doing skin to skin with your baby. So, you know, when you think about who's going to be in your birth room, you have to think about, okay, who am I okay with seeing me fully naked and birthing a baby? Like that's a very serious thing to invite somebody to, but the same goes for postpartum. Cause like, you're probably still going to be half naked. You're not going to have showered in days. Probably you're going to be very exhausted. And so if someone's energy typically brings you down when you see them, or they typically pull all of the energy out of your soul, you're not going to have enough energy for them to pull when you're postpartum. You're going to need to save that person for when you are more capable of, you know, being around them in a healthy way. Like you don't want to burn bridges when you're postpartum just because you're exhausted and you can't handle this person. Like just be very upfront and and let them know, like, I'm going to need this time to myself to recover. And I'm going to be so happy for you to come visit at such and such time. Right. And I love how you suggested giving them a time when they are going to be needed and making them feel needed later in that period. You know, you still want them there eventually. You still want that support, but, you know, just telling them when they are needed and what things they can be doing for you and giving them a task I think is so helpful because it's still telling them that you want them there. You want them to be involved, but Mm -hmm. how? Yes, exactly. And that kind of leads us right into the very next part is, you know, how, how your how your support team fits into your goals. So these are the people that, you know, you're going to be utilizing in your postpartum time. And yes, giving them specific jobs, because what, what can happen sometimes is someone has a baby, they're home, they're recovering, and then like six people show up in the same day to, quote, unquote, support you. Um, And what ends up happening is everyone sits in the living room and you have to bring yourself to the living room, even though you're not supposed to be out of bed, tisk tisk. Um, You bring yourself to the living room with your baby um, and your baby gets passed around to all six people. And really your heart kind of hurts because you want to be holding your baby. And if your baby starts to get upset, you know, sometimes we have, again, Aunt Sally, who just jumps up and starts walking them around and patting their butt and doing all things, trying to calm them down, but the baby is still crying. And your immediate instinct is, okay, the baby's probably ready to eat, or the baby just wants me, you know? Um, So then you kind of have to make the uncomfortable, like, okay, can I have my baby back now? Um, You shouldn't even have to say that, because really, people who, who really fully understand postpartum, as soon as the baby starts crying, typically give it back to its parents because that's who their comfort zone is with. They know their smells and they know their sounds and just being on the parent is almost an immediate, like, okay, everything's fine again. I'm safe now. And so there's going to be, when you have so many people around, a lot of times they don't even get up and do things around the house, which is the real support. Like you need people coming to visit you who are willing to, oh, they see there's dishes in your sink. They just do them like without asking you if you want them done. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to load this dishwasher real quick or, oh, the garbage is full. Let me just take it out real quick. Or, you know, this laundry needs to be switched over. I'll just do it real fast. And and you don't even have to ask them to do it. And they don't really even need to ask you if it's okay, because you're, you have that relationship prior that tells them it's okay for me to do these household chores. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, helpful or whatever. Or if you're a person who 
doesn't want people to touch your house postpartum, then that's something that you have to also um, put out there because they might not know that that's, that's not something that you want them to do. Or, you know, a lot of times if you have the means to hire a housekeeper postpartum, like now's the best time to do that is when you're postpartum so that you don't have to think about those, you know, kind of household tasks that just take up time and they drain your energy and stuff like that. So just talking to people about like, Aunt Sally, I love you so much. And you make the best lasagna or whatever like I would love it if you could bring me this lasagna on such and such day and spend an hour talking to me and and put a time limit on it so that you can say spend an hour with me um because at that point the baby is going to be ready for a nap and I probably will too and that just gives her a okay I can't stay for six hours like she wants me to stay for a little bit of time and hang out and then I'm gonna go and so just giving them those boundaries ahead of time it's going to be really helpful so that you don't feel in the middle of your visit that you really are ready for a nap and she plans on being there all day long and now you have to ask her to leave because that's uncomfortable. Um, so, so yeah, setting boundaries and setting goals and, and just even make, you can make lists for everybody, you know, put a list on your fridge of like, Hey, if you want to help out, I would love it if you could do XYZ, like give them a list of things that they can do to help out. Some people I've seen have made like a little um, invitation to come see the baby afterwards and it says, don't show up empty handed, like bring me some food or bring me some diapers or something like that, you know, just so people know there's a little bit of an expectation. If you're going to be in my space after I've had a baby, then, then, you know, take care of me too. And that means feeding me and talking to me and, and that kind of stuff. It's not all about the baby. Right. And going back to how you were saying, passing the baby around, I wish I would have known that I was going to have such an attachment to Rosie when she came out. You know, there is this little tiny human that was inside of you for however many weeks, you know, for, for me, it was 39. She was a week early, but you know, you are so attached to that little being. And then people want to pass them around and they want to look at baby and and you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs like oh my gosh what do I do now yeah yeah you've got some some people who come to help you to come to support you and and their idea of helping you is holding your baby so that you have free hands to cook and clean or to get things done and this is not the type of person that you want to be in your household as soon as baby's born. Now, a month or two later, sure, because you're going to want free hands. You're going to want to go take a shower or you're going to want to go maybe cook your favorite meal or something like that or get back to a hobby that you haven't been able to touch for a while. And yes, it's nice to have some hands to hold baby while you want to do those things. But immediately postpartum, you know, you shouldn't be delegated those tasks anymore. Like someone else should be doing those for you ideally. Um, and that's obviously not the case for every single person, but ideally you should have someone else to do that. And, and so that, you know, kind of brings me to a point where I'd like to say that, you know, of course, not everybody does have a great support system. Like some people are just in situations that make it kind of impossible to have the support that they need or the support that they deserve. And, you know, it's okay to buy support. And, and by that, I mean, postpartum doulas, um, that gives you a person who is going to come and take care of you after your baby so that you don't have to do a lot of these things. Like they're doing household tasks for you. They're cooking for you. They're making sure that you know 
how things are going postpartum because you're going to have a lot of questions, especially first timers. Oh my gosh, so many questions about, is this normal? Am I doing this right? Is this enough? Is this okay? Um, And having a person who is an expert in childbirth and postpartum times to just be a sounding board for you. Like, is this okay? Like, what are these bumps? What is this rash? Like, you know, all of these things happen and you're just like, do I have to go to the pediatrician for this? Or, you know, can I just ask you this quick question? And then having someone who's in your home, who knows you, who knows where all of your things go. And, you know, that's been like the greatest part for me offering postpartum support is like when I finally know where everything goes and I don't have to ask anywhere and I'm just like okay but I meet with people prenatally to just kind of let them show me around their house and like this is how I fold my towels you know because some people are very particular about that kind of stuff so this is how I fold my towels and and this is how I like you know my older siblings room to look like or whatever um but yes you can definitely hire support if you feel like you don't have a support system already built in so there's there's definitely options you can kind of you can kind of choose your friends and family at that point you know because then you can say well I don't have a support system where I've just moved and I don't have any family here so there's no one here to take care of me get a postpartum doula yeah and that is so important to have those conversations so that's that's definitely a good point and something that's so helpful, just really talking about those goals and how people can fit into them and what you need them to be doing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the last thing that I want to imbue on everyone is to focus on the things that you have control over um, and, and not getting ahead of yourself. So there are things like, for example, I have a 10-year-old son who helps me do dishes sometimes. And for the longest time, when he very first started loading the dishwasher, I always had like a mini panic attack because I'm like, these things don't go on this shelf. They go on this shelf and the silverware has to be pointing up. And like all of these little tiny rules that I have given myself on how I like to run the dishwasher. When in reality, um, I should just really be like, heck yes, that's one less load of dishes that I don't have to do. (laughs) So I've really gotten good at giving up a little bit of control when it comes to things that I want help on. Because let's be honest, you know, if I'm the only one ever doing dishes, I tend to get a little bit resentful. Like I'm not the only one that lives here. Let's all pitch in and do some dishes together. But if I expect help doing dishes. Nobody wants to do dishes if I'm standing over their shoulder telling them all the ways that they're doing it wrong. So I have very much um, let go of my, <laughs> let go of my um, standards for my dishwasher. So the way that that translates into postpartum is it kind of directly translates because people, people that typically are not doing your dishes may be now doing your dishes. So that is a thing. But Um, focusing on the things that you do have control over. You do have control over your mindset um, for the most part. So if you, again, have a positivity and abundance mindset about your postpartum, that's going to really be helpful. You do have control over the things that you consume. Um, And by consume, first off, I do mean food and drink. Um, because you, you do have control over that kind of stuff. You can plan way ahead of time. If, if healthy food is not typically in your budget, um, you know, start buying it sooner and buy little bits at a time and freeze it so that it's still good. Um, or you can can it if you are fancy like that and know how to do those things. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, focusing on the things that you consume. So food, drink, but also what are you watching 
And what are you listening to? Because you're consuming those things. So make sure that you're watching things that are good for your heart. You know, watch some good sappy movies if you need to. But if you have a certain situation going on where watching certain things on TV is going to be triggering to you, let's not do that right now. Like save that for later when your heart can handle it. And then what are you listening to? You know, are you listening to good, healthy, you know, music and and podcasts? And, um, and what are the people around you saying? Like, is your support system talking nicely to you? Or are they talking down to you? If, if you feel like you're, you're consuming bad, um, bad juju from the people around you, you know, see if there's a way to separate yourself from that. And of course, you know, if you're living with those people, it's very hard to separate yourself, but learn how to take things with a grain of salt and understand that people who, people who are being negative, it's typically just something that's happening internally with them. And it doesn't so much reflect yourself. So being good at consuming the good out of a conversation and throwing away the rest is very important as well. Um, because it, it can really get you down, you know, especially if you have someone who is just a negative Nancy all the time, for lack of a better word, you know, consume the good out of the conversation, try and get the moral out of it and then just kind of get rid of the rest. Yeah, that's definitely something I can relate to. Even when you were explaining about the dishwasher, I was the same exact way. And, you know, since becoming a mom, there are just certain things that I have just totally let go and I'm still learning, like totally still learning. But, you know, it just makes it that much easier and, you know, changing your mindset and just saying, you know, it's going to be good. The dishes are going to be in the dishwasher and that's all that matters. And, (laughs) you know, just taking that time to really just let go of things and and focus on what you can control and even how you were saying the things around us and and just being more aware of that i think is so important yeah exactly um and just to follow up on that last thing i kind of had i kind of had two things squished together here but um the the last part of it is, is you know don't get ahead of yourself um i think that a lot of times Many parents have a baby and their biggest goal is to go back um, to their pre-baby life. And and it's so soon I will be able to do all the things that I was able to do before my baby came here. And so soon I will get back to my pre-baby body and, and all of these things. And you're just, that's all you're looking forward to is getting back to the way things were before. And that is such a damaging concept to your brain and your psyche postpartum because I'm going to let you in on a on a secret Um, things are never going to go back to the way they were before and that is a good thing um, because a lot of people see that as a negative like you've got people even now that say like oh you're pregnant your life is over like you're never going to be able to blah 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 like you're and they make it seem like you're never going to be allowed to have fun ever again and I'm here to tell you three kids later I still have fun maybe not as often as I used to um, but I definitely still have fun we still take time for ourselves And you are having fun in different ways. Yes, your life changes for the better when you have a child like it really does. And it's, it's in such a way that your pre baby body like, okay, yes, you could get back to a specific number on the scale that you were at before. If that is a healthy 
weight for you, then sure, aim to get back to that healthy weight in a healthy way. Like don't starve yourself and don't immediately go back to the gym um, because that's not good for your body. You need to give yourself time to heal before you jump back into like running and and doing all those things. But also um, thinking about like, pre-baby you know you were probably able to go out and do things whenever you felt like it like you could go to a concert you could go on vacation you could go out for drinks with friends just at the drop of a hat and now you can still absolutely do those things you just have to plan it a little better like if your favorite band is coming to town and you absolutely have to go to this concert like literally go to the concert you are not a bad parent for getting a babysitter who you trust to watch your child for a couple hours so that you can go get a sense of community and a sense of normalcy back to your life and it's it's very much a possibility to do that in a way where your child is still going to thrive and guess what so are you because a lot of times people feel like to keep a baby happy, you have to absolutely lose yourself and change everything that you've ever done. And that is just so far from the truth. And I'm here to tell you, I did that with my first baby. I felt like, okay, I have a baby now. I'm a completely different person. I don't even like the same things I used to like. Like, And, and really, I know now that was postpartum depression talking to me. But um, there's so many things that you'll find that you enjoy that you can still do as a parent and you can still bring in some of those things that you used to do. You just have to put a little more planning into it. And so not the end of the world. It's actually the beginning of a whole new one. Yeah. And that really is where your support system is going to come in too. And yes, that's what, you know, you have to let go of some things and allow people around you to help you. You can still out and go out and do those things, but now you have to find solutions to how that's going to happen. You have to be a little bit more intentional with how that's going to work. Yes. And it's actually probably more fun that way because when you have to plan things, you can you can really add in things that you wouldn't have thought of before. You know, like, oh, well, if we get the babysitter to come just an hour earlier, we can even stop on the way at our favorite restaurant and grab something to go or something like that, you know, and you can even make it more special for yourself. Because if you're not doing it very often, the times when you do go out, you can make them that much better, you know, and just by really being intentional about it, you're not just going to waste your time doing things that are like, meh, not that important. Like you're really planning for your time out to be absolutely thrilling to your soul. And it's going to be so much, um, it's going to fill your cup a lot more. Right. It's going to be that much more meaningful and just really, you're going to focus on the things that you want to do. Because for me, I had a rough time. I remember, so Rosie was born in August and then Jeff and I's anniversary is in November. So we were like, oh, we're going to go out to eat for our anniversary and this is going to be great. And then I remember just sitting there thinking like, what is Rosie doing? What it like, is she in bed yet? Like, was she okay? Blah, blah, blah. And we were sitting there thinking about her when we were out. But I think it's so important to just take those moments and do those things because you still have to care for yourself and rely on people to help you do that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very important. And it's just, it's so much a whole new world is really opened up for you, you know, and it's, it's like I said, it's sometimes sad for people to think about, like, I'm never going to have 
the life that I knew before back. And, and it's true, but I mean that in the most positive way, because it's not going to be the life that you had before. It's going to be a whole new life and you're going to have so many more new experiences and, um, and you're going to have a cute little baby to experience it with. And it makes it just, just that much easier to take the, take the hard parts with the good parts, because there's a whole lot of good parts mixed in there. Yeah. Well, I think this has been super fun and super informative. I have so many new things to kind of put in my toolbox now and focus on. So I will definitely be adding, you know, books to read in our show notes and all of these fun little facts that we went over today. And I am just so grateful and thankful for you being here and telling us all this fun stuff. Oh, no problem. This was so fun for me. This is uh this has been really great and I'm sure this is gonna be an amazing podcast that I'm gonna be recommending to all my peoples to listen to. So this has been so good. Yes. And so for our listeners, how can we reach you and contact you and give us the details on that? Yeah. So like I said, I live in upstate South Carolina. So if you're interested in having either a birth doula or childbirth education or postpartum doula, like we talked about today, um, you can definitely reach out. And then I'm 100% open. If you have a question or a tough situation that you're not sure how to navigate postpartum, I can also do phone consultations or emails and stuff like that too. But you can always reach me through my website. That's going to be probably the, the fastest way because you can email me there. Um, and my website is just www.3littlebirdsbirthservices.com. And I know that is a long link, but I'm sure Sarah can link that in the show notes for everybody, but I didn't didn't think that one through all the way before I did. It's a long URL, but it basically is my that's my jam. So that's that's it. I will definitely make sure to put that link and how to contact you. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Yes, thank you. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful, and if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience.